Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Additive Snack Podcast. This is our series on consumer and sporting goods, and I'm your host, Fabian Alefeld. Today, we're covering another leader in the space of additive manufacturing as we delve deeper into the world of AM and how these technologies are transforming industries, especially in this case, the industry of the sporting goods. Today, we have Thierry Crick with us. He's the engineering manager for advanced product development at Bauer, and he's focusing on protective equipment and protective products. And if you don't know Bauer, Bauer is a pioneer in, in hockey gear. Thierry, it is so great to have you on the show. Fabian, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. So Thierry, we've talked before, and I think your journey into additive manufacturing actually goes back quite some time. Can you tell us a bit more about your first exposure to additive and how that kind of shaped your uh, your way of thinking? Yes, the uh, I was always like a lot involved in all the uh, I would say the R and D side of thing and development. And at school uh, in 1999, I choose like a one course that was everything about like doing rapid prototyping mm -hmm. and we see all technology like casting pu doing silicone molds uh, all the stuff and they have a small part or a small section that was like rapid prototyping at the time for with additive manufacturing and the mm -hmm. technology was lom so it was the big thing yeah. the so we when we i, I did that I, I remember one uh, work that i did it was a a, a school work a big table with what, how do I choose the technology? And they were saying that when the part is 25 millimeter by 25 millimeter by 25, choose additive manufacturing to do it. That's so funny. we're far from that like study that we did at the time. So it, it started there. Interesting. And for those uh, who don't know millimeters, that's roughly one inch cube, right? <laughs> which is, which is, yeah, which exactly, is tiny. Exactly. Yeah. So after college, your exposure to additive didn't stop if i remember correctly right you also worked at a company called mission itech uh, and you had yeah, some exactly. uh, some additive projects there as well yeah at that time at mission i think it's another like a brand hockey company and i was in charge of uh, helmet and goalie mask mm -hmm. so we had the project at the time that we need to revamp like the look of the goalie mask and the goal was doing that in with additive manufacturing and that's why we, I bought my first uh, machine. So it was a, a FDM machine from, it's a dimension. So it was a whole one and we still have it mm. actually. Mm -hmm. So uh, since uh, 2008 that we play with it. So it was a great investment. So my first machine that I bought. Yeah, interesting. And can you explain to me just briefly why additive manufacturing is suitable in this case for a goalie mask, especially for those people out there who are not experts in, in hockey so when you design a new product you you want to do uh, like prototypes or mock-ups of it and when you you're changing a lot the look of like the iconic uh, iTech goalie mask the goal was to like keep the iconic look but bring fresh new design in it mm -hmm. so to do that we need to do the prototype so instead of carving by hand by clay we have decided to go and buy the machine to be able to iterate faster at that time. So it was more for a see and look of the design and not like a functional part at that time. In a way, the, mm -hmm. it was breaking, but shattering uh, pretty easily at the time. Yeah, we've, we've come a long way. And, and you've come a long way as well, right? 
So let's talk a bit more about Bauer. A, how did you end up at Bauer? And how did Bauer and yourself start to explore additive manufacturing outside of the prototyping realm, but truly for end-use products? So Mission Itech was acquired by Bauer in 2009. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why I joined the Bauer family. So when I arrived here, there was a couple of machines, uh, but we brought our FDM machine with us. And since then, we, we bought like five more in total. So we have plenty of machines. So we have now all the technology available for us from filament to liquid and also powder mm -hmm. that we can do prototyping. But uh, the more we go in time, the more we want to do something better with the parts that we produce. So that's why we want functional parts, part that we can like, like play hockey with it or do testing with it. So that's why we went and decide to, okay, what's going to be like, we're looking slowly at how we can bring like parts on a, a hockey gear. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the, the transition was actually quite, quite natural out of prototyping. You guys got more and more experience with prototyping. The technology was advancing. And then there was a point where, if I remember correctly, you realized, hey, we have to do this now. Can you talk about yeah, this, I, this moment? Yeah, that was a, uh, that, a magic moment, I would say, that in terms of uh, R&D, when you're a guy that is love doing like uh, R&D stuff and developing. So I had, a, I had a visit, like I would say around 2018 mm -hmm. from... Uh, probably some someone that you know that's uh, John Walker mm -hmm. uh, yeah. he works at EOS so he came in and it, so the first goal of the visit was to meet with the uh, the skate team and say oh, can we do like footbed for skate with you uh, maybe there's a good opportunity so I was invited to the meeting since I'm curious and would like to know something new so mm -hmm. it was in the meeting and so he John brought a lot of parts and I was looking at parts and I had one part uh, that I was playing with for all the all the meeting, so I, st I still have it. I still have it. So it's, it's that part that I was like playing, squishing, twisting. Say, ah, that's so interesting. I was so the the hamster was running, and I say, ah, oh, that could be great for helmets. Okay. But so so that was what was in my mind. So we went through all the product at Bauer and we realized that through the product it was not necessarily skate or like body protection but say like shoulder or something else it was really the helmet that was probably the the first focused product that we should work on mm -hmm. and for those listeners who are just listening through apple podcast or spotify that part that Thierry was just referring to is a, a digital foam piece meaning a soft polymer lattice structure that is quite squishy and uh, I think opened up uh, that, that whole opportunity that we're, that we're now talking about. And if I remember correctly, you immediately went to your boss and said, hey, man, we, we got we to gotta do this, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I say I found the next thing. I think we should like play, go with that and go full steam with it. I was ready to buy a machine like the day after. That's awesome. That's, I, I like that enthusiasm and... Uh, it really shows, shows the, the, the innovative power that gets unleashed when people get exposed first with, with additive, where 
the gears start turning and the creative mind starts to work. But you also, I'm sure, realize pretty quickly that it's not a plug and play technology. How did you go about educating yourself and starting to think about how do we truly implement this this technology as a production technology? So I think that the timing of that visit was quite amazing because it was like early January, I would say, and the uh, the show, let's say, routine was starting. So I went to three shows that year, let's say the uh, the AMOG to the uh, Rapid to the Formnext to learn more about technology. Mm-hmm. And I know if it's like life or coincidence, but two, like two weeks after like John's visit, I got a visit from the uh, a rep from HP mm-hmm. that was showing me their new technology. Say, huh, okay, so the, there's probably multi-company that I can like scratch with and try to find a what's going to be our, the best solution for us. And by visiting the show, I was, I, I met like Carbon. Sure. That was very interesting when they were, they were uh, showcasing their, the footbed, not, not the footbed, the, uh, the, the, in, the, the midsole. Ah, uh, the midsole. Okay. They were, the midsole of the, of the, of the shoes for Adidas. So, ah, okay. That's uh, okay. There's other company, other possibility. And so I realized that I thought I knew a lot about additive manufacturing, but I was knowing so little. So it was a, a long journey of learning uh, the, all the the next step that you need to do to be able to like try. So we did a lot of trial with uh, uh, Carbon, we did with HP. So a lot of company to evaluate uh, technology, uh, machines, and since we are so in, here in Blainville, uh, north of Montreal, we uh, it's a, a innovative center so mm-hmm. it's an r&d center so we do we have our own lab so we do our testing so we test foams every day but that the those lattice were new or so the goal was to like compare that with what we knew but at the same time it was so new that it's so many possibility of the lattice so uh, that's why i test all the technology to focus on one mm-hmm. at the end okay Thierry. so you you saw all those different technologies from HP to Carbon to EOS and, and probably even others if you went to all those uh, big shows like Rapid and, and Formnext and, and, and IMTS uh, most likely if it was that uh, that year. How did you make a decision on a technology? Because that can be quite overwhelming and some people have the biggest Excel sheets uh, you've ever seen. Some make a gut decision. <laughs> How did you make that decision? Yeah, so the when I was looking at all the different technology and all the testing that we were uh, doing in our lab, I realized that for me, there's one technology. So let's say that all technology are, have goods and bads, but for me, one technology that was standing out, it was the powder, the powder-based technology because of the uh, freedom of design. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could design very complicated stuff without having to take care of like removing like supports or part orientation it's not totally true but let's say less true with the powder that part orientation that can like create undercuts or stuff that that you cannot create necessarily with with the liquid or with fdm Mm -hmm. okay that's that's super interesting a really hard decision and now you 
you made a decision and had to sell it uh, internally and figure out how do we now implement this? We know which technology we want to we want to bet on. How did you move forward? What was next? Yeah, that's all. Just to say, it took me almost three years just to find out or decide, okay, which is going to be the path for the future for Bauer. So when that decision was done, we uh, we always have an innovating meeting uh, each year. Like we would present what's the the innovation. So through prototypes, through showing all the capability of, let's say, the technology and the next step. That's what I did to convince people. So at first I did have like, let's say the powder machine. So what I did, I was using our FDM machine to create like liners to, mm -hmm. to bring to people to try. And uh, so the goal was to leverage, let's say the, uh, the helmet category. So the next step for us was the custom, the custom liners. So create a liner that fits your head properly. Sure. So better, better than regular ones. Not mm -hmm. that there's, mm -hmm. they're not fitting, but they uh, better than regular ones. So a helmet specially made for you. So that was what well, that was the goal. So that's how I convinced people with my internal machine to the next step to buy to acquire all the machine that we needs to. Uh, to, to print those elements or those liner. Okay, so let me let me summarize that uh, briefly because I think it's it's worth it's worth doing. You went from this exciting moment, the magical moment you were referring to, re realizing additive manufacturing is one of prototyping. It can be a production technology, and pretty quickly you actually went to that helmets, if I remember correctly. You then did your due diligence in understanding all technologies which are the upsides and the downsides of each technology and which fits our application that we're targeting best. And then you did the most difficult part, actually, or one of the most difficult parts, which is getting internal buy-in, creating this whole project plan and story and convincing your, your internal team. But now the actual work really starts. You secured funding, you have a good application identified, you know what you want to do. Now the development starts. Can you talk us through those process steps? Yeah, totally. And the uh, well, I think what is key when you do R and D in general, but for that project was your, your partners. Those, those are very important. That partners that you can rely on, that you can work with, and try to push everything to the next level. So, yes, we have choose the parlor bed, but we quickly realized that uh, the surface finish probably was not uh, totally okay uh, because it was uh, itchy a bit. So we realized that we need extra machine to be able to like a smooth the surface and probably die the part. So that's why we went with uh, Dimension. So mm -hmm. we look at some other company, but Dimension was our, our company that we choose for uh, to to, fi to finish the processing the parts. So I think it was a great, but that was only a, like a small part of the equation. Uh, we need to go what's what's happening in front, what's going to happen after that. So Theory, you guys went through a very diligent process of identifying the right technology, the right application. You put together an internal business case and convinced the, the rest of the organization that additive manufacturing has a huge potential for you. What was next? How did you now do the the, the difficult part of the implementation, which is defining the process chain and getting into production. How did that happen? 
you, you, it's true that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process. So since it's like totally like we start from scratch, not even from technology, but everything around that. So what, when I'm doing like all my R&D or my development, I, I always try to go with like uh, great partners. So I always try to have like a, a, not, a not, not only a business relation, but it's a partnership for a relation that I'm, I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. in, in, in every like section of my work, that's what, what I'm trying to, to, to get. So that's what I found that with EOS. Uh, but after that, when we saw the first few parts, we, uh, we realized that, oh, so we still need to like, probably like do something with the surface finish because the it was a bit rough for the forehead mm -hmm. so uh, i met like the dimension people at, at those shows and realized that okay th uh, that's what we need so we try to avoid like smoothing everything but we realized that it was bringing something to the product so we went also with after the printer it was all the the post finishing Mm -hmm. So how we like smooth the surface and how we can embellish it. So we, 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 we also dye the, the parts. Uh, so we bring colors to that. So could bring us like a lot of things for the future. We can change color for the teams or something like that. So it was a good like side, side business. But oh, interesting. So when you create the liner, so there's a lot of stuff in front. Mm -hmm. So you, you need a scanner to scan that. So... We went with uh, so uh, we were introduced to Twicket mm -hmm. at the, at the form next. So uh, so with them we we uh, developed all the the forefront. So the all the the apps for the scanning up to uh, bringing like the scan of the head to our system. Sure. So actually we uh, we work with them and the so when you create your three D liners, you also need to put the lattice in it. So we, I try many software, so it, a lot of possibility, different company that I met. Uh, but since we are R&D company, we like to get in control of what we're doing. Uh, we want to do a design ourselves. Mm -hmm. So for, from the software, I try from Grasshopper to like Element from the first version of uh, Entopology software. Uh, we went at the end with their last software, Entop. That for us was for us was the most uh, powerful software to create the lattice for our helmets. So Interesting. Very very convenient. So from the scan to creating the liner to print them to finish them, and after that there's a, a whole ecosystem with like the all the Shopify that we need to create to be able to print them and like send them to the right uh, location also that it was a full ecosystem so all the the company was working on that yeah you know this really showcased that additive manufacturing is just a piece of a whole value chain ultimately right and thank you for yeah. for for also naming all those those players right you have twickets uh, that takes the scan in you have Entop for the lattice design uh, then there's uh, eos print in there uh, for print preparation you print it on an eos machine you post-process it on a dimension system, and then there's additional supply chain activities uh, happening and assembly activities within Bauer that I'm sure you also need to integrate yeah. into this whole uh, value and supply chain. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you know that a lot of companies, they, uh, they produce overseas. Mm -hmm. So we need to like 
bring our, let's say, base helmet from overseas, but everything is print here mm -hmm. at, in Blainville. So the final assembly and the testing is done here in Blainville. So uh, it's a logistic of everything that comes at one place and go out to the customer. Super cool. Super cool. No, I think this is, you know, this is the type of application that Additive has, has really been waiting for because it really plays into all of the benefits it can offer from customization to uh, performance improvements to supply chain and uh, reshoring benefits. It really touches base on all of these. And I think you also, you have a helmet with you. Can you show it to us? Yeah, for sure. So that, that's the, the our helmet. So let me just try to find the best the best angle. So all the are you able to see it correctly, Fabian? Yes, yeah, we can see it, and I'll, I'll okay. ex we'll explain okay. it for the the listeners as well. Okay. So we, all the blue parts are our printed uh, liners. Uh, so for the front ear and the back. Okay. Uh, so that's the approach that we choose for the first helmet, customizing the front and back. So to make sure that it's fitting properly, the forehead, I think that's a more critical part of it. So a lot of challenges over there too. So meaning that when you do the scan, it's not only doing the scan, you're, you're stuck with, let's say that if everyone was like me, no air, life will have been way easier for Bauer. But since we have people with airs, we need to take care and consideration their hair. So sometimes the, the scan are not, totally clean so we need to process them and to make sure that the 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 helmet's going to fit properly your head interesting yeah and and for the listeners out there so ultimately theory just showed a hockey helmet and within that hockey helmet there is pieces that are conventionally standard foam that are now 3d printed lattice foam replacements that are based on the user's scan of their yeah. head yeah. and therefore uh, have a perfect fit and you mentioned that the, the fit is some challenges, but what are the what are the benefits for for the for the end user for the athlete that you're you're trying to achieve? The first obvious benefit, the fit, which when you compare to regular helmet, so that helmet it was based on the React 150 that we still are offering, but the, the, that you said, Fabian, those are made with foams, but players they used to get pressure point when they put helmets on. Mm -hmm. So you, we accept pressure point because that's what it is for like uh, decades. But when you put that helmet on and it's fitting correctly your head, at first you're not sure if it's fitting correctly. So you, you feel that you don't feel any pressure point. That's super weird. So, but it's, it's an amazing feeling, but at the same time it's weird. So I remember the first few people that tried the helmet, they were squeezing the helmet on their head. Like like crazy, say no no. It's you need to wear it snug, so it needs it's following the shape of your head, so you should not feel anything. So that's the first thing that it's like a game changer. The other thing I would say that since we use lattice as not foam, so we used to get foams that's touching your head, and there's a lot of heat building in the helmet when you play hockey because you sweat a lot. The heat dissipation from the lattice was like a, a good. A benefit that came by surprise. We didn't know at the time that that would happen, but we know that when player they overeat, they perform less. Now that they can have like eat extraction from the helmet easier. So for sure on the ice or when you're on the bench, you're going to be fresher to go on the ice and perform at your best. Yeah, that's such a funny story that athletes were 
uncomfortable because they were too comfortable because it fit perfectly. Yeah. Interesting. That's something that no one knows before before that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it also shows the power of, of additive in that case, because it allows you to also rapidly innovate. And hence, if there were would have been an issue, you could have changed it quite, quite easily because you have that whole digital workflow in the front ends, uh, which starts from a scan and, uh, and ends with a post-process part. Totally. So since we're still like tweaking some people to make sure that they have the perfect fit. So we try to get the flow that it's almost fully automatic. So with less end user that we put energy in, let's say. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we we have special cases that we need to, okay, okay, we stop the machine and say, let's take care of that helmet, like that special one. And we like put more, not, not that's a more effort. It's not more effort, but more work mm -hmm. to make sure that the fit is perfect. Okay. Because that's that's what we want to offer. See the uh, helmet that fits you the best, a good fit for you. It's like a good protection too. So we don't want to bring a custom helmet that's not fit you properly. So it will defeat the purpose of the fit and like the better protection when you get something that it's fit correctly. Yeah, 100%. You know, if, it, if it's custom, I, I want it custom. Uh, so that's really good that you guys also put that customer support and customer uh, success management behind it. Now, the helmet launched last year for the uh, the last the previous NHL season. If I understand correctly, there were even some cups won with that, uh, with that helmet. Is that correct? Yeah, totally. We have a Cal McCarr from... Uh... The Colorado Avalanche that won the cup with our helmets. He won the Kanye Smite too. So the most valuable player of the, uh, of the series. So I think it was a, uh, a good thing for him and for us yeah. that it was able to wear the helmet during the playoffs. Okay. So NHL, those guys get to wear the helmets. What about the rest of us? What about uh, our listeners? What about additive enthusiasts? And what about hockey players that now want that perfect fit helmet? How do they get their hands on it? So we have deployed uh, worldwide over 300 uh, scanners. Wow. So, so everywhere where Bauer is distributed, so there's a scanner for you to, to get scanned. So we, you can go on Bauer.com and you can find some of those dealers that, that can scan you. But from Europe to North America to uh, China to uh, Australia or New Zealand also. So you can find like a someone that has the game fit application that can scan you and you'll get your, your custom helmet for you. Wow, that's that's incredible. And when does that start? We start that, let's say, I would say late uh, October, early November last year, but it, now it's it's become, it's pick up a bit more, I would say. the uh, So it's like we we're receiving our, more order now since that the word is it's uh, spraying around a bit more i would say mm -hmm. but let's say that the uh we have uh the order is not piling but it's coming in as as we expect so uh it's great so we can it start last year but seems to get the uh, pick up a bit more this this spring awesome and yeah hopefully after this episode airs we also have some more pickup thierry Thank you so much for, for sharing all of your experience and your, your insights with us. This was such a great episode to understand the process going from, from idea, really, all the way into production. 
of a quite complex uh, product, really, right? Because you do have to build that whole process chain in the back end. And I appreciate you being so so open to uh, to us and with us. Thanks for being on Another Snack. It's my pleasure. Thanks for uh, having me, Fabian. And uh, I hope I'll be able to do uh, another one with you. Yeah, hopefully for uh, some future products that we'll see from uh, from you guys. Oh, yeah. There's more that's coming now that we have a machine. It's going to be easier to develop. Awesome. Thanks, Thierry. Okay. Bye-bye, Fabian.